Hi, my name is Jackie, and this is Alive and Active. This podcast is a weekly devotional where we will study scripture and challenge one another to a lifestyle that is fully alive in Christ. In this devotional, I will challenge you to actively pursue what God says and how we can apply it to our lives. So grab your Bible and your favorite beverage, and let's dig in together. This has been a long time coming. I cannot believe this month has flown by. Goodness, I apologize that my weekly podcast has not been so weekly. The good news is you have had plenty of time to get all caught up. This has been a wild month and I really appreciate your grace and patience. I'm so thankful to be back recording and hope it will continue to be more consistent. So this is our third and final part of the biblical marriage So this is the third and final part of our biblical marriage session. As I mentioned in the last episode, this is geared towards marriage, but I think these tools can be helpful for any committed relationship, such as parents or siblings. Today's message, we are going more in depth in the four C's mentioned in part one and two. This content comes from a marriage enrichment program called Reengage from Watermark. If you and or your spouse benefit from this content, I highly suggest finding a local meeting. You can also check out more content on their website that will be linked in the show notes. So today we're diving into the four characteristics of biblical marriage. Number one is Christ. Oftentimes I have to be reminded that I belong to Christ before, during, and after my marriage. My husband also belonged to Christ before, during, and after me. Christ is the head of everything, and he should be the focus of our lives. Christ demonstrated his love for us on the cross, and because of his sacrificial and unconditional love for us, 1 John 4.19 says that we are capable of loving others because Christ first loved us. Just this month, I have watched my husband go through heartache and disappointment. When our spouses hurt, we hurt, because in marriage, the two have become one. We want so bad to swoop in and save the day. We want instant gratification and we want a quick fix and to move on to happily ever after. Time and time again, I was reminded this month that I am no one's savior. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the cure, the savior, the answer to everything that we need. John 15, 5 says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says everything we do should be for the glory of God and not for ourselves. Ephesians 2.8, we have been saved by grace through faith, not because of anything we have done for ourselves. Of course, there is tons of scripture out there that reminds us that we should be pointing ourselves to Jesus. Number two, staying in our circle meaning you should see yourself as your biggest marriage problem and stop trying to fix your spouse. That can be a hard truth to hear. When we take ownership of our own actions, it might hurt to see the ugly truth. But truth shall set you free because you don't have to carry the burden of your spouse's actions anymore because those are out of your control. Matthew speaks some straightforward instructions in chapter 7. Do not judge so that you will not be judged. For in the way you judge, you will be judged, and by your standards of measure, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, 
but do not notice the log that is in your own? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, and behold, the log is still in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. I used to be a teacher in the classroom, and I used to tell my students all the time, worry about yourself. We should be focusing first and foremost on pleasing God and our relationship with Him. The third C is commit, meaning just as Scott and Sherilyn said last episode, you close all the doors and leave behind excuses to leave. Matthew says that the two have become one flesh. Let no man separate what God has joined together. 1 Corinthians 7.28 says not if, but that there will be trouble in our marriages. So we have to learn how to fight the good fight and have disagreements in a way that loves and respects our spouses, but more importantly, the God we serve and represent. It's setting aside our selfish pride and desires and putting God's commands above ourselves. Notice that I did not say putting the other person above ourselves. Sometimes I think in relationships when there is a lot of tension, brokenness, bitterness, anger, unforgiveness just built up that it kind of puts up a wall between you and your spouse. It can be hard to see past those emotions to love the other person as God commands us to. So if we first love Christ in step one, the actions of loving and respecting our spouse should naturally be an active action step that follows suit. Not saying it comes naturally because it does take work. But when we focus on our relationship with Christ, we are filled with the fruits of the Spirit that allow us to love our spouses. As I was recording this, I felt led to say if someone is listening and they are experiencing physical or verbal abuse from their spouse, I really want to encourage you to seek help. You are not meant to do this alone. The Lord does not want anyone to live in an abusive situation, but all steps should be taken to get help on both sides before looking to the end of the marriage. God did not call us to live in a life of fear, shame, or guilt. It's for freedom that Christ came and died for us. If you are in an abusive relationship, I highly want to encourage you to find an abusive hotline number or a local outreach group. I just now typed up abusive hotline number and the phone number came up 1-800-799-SAFE. If you are in an abusive relationship, I just want to pray for you right now and tell you that God loves you. He sees you. You are not invisible. He wants to wrap his arms around you and set you free. Some people might even question, what do you do in the case that a spouse has been unfaithful? On this one, I had to reach out to Sherilyn. I cannot do her words justice, so I'm just going to read her text response, and I hope that's okay. She writes, We always encourage pursuit of reconciliation, even with unfaithfulness. Yes, the Lord made provision for divorce in this case, but only because of the man's sin. The Lord always desires we seek reconciliation, even in the midst of our sin and mistakes. This is where grace and forgiveness comes in. It becomes an opportunity to really lean into Jesus and draw strength, courage, and wisdom and grow our walk as we are forced to test our faith and commitments to the Lord. 
However, there are often those situations where one spouse has no desire to reconcile and isn't willing to work on the marriage. You have no control over their decisions, but you do have control over how you choose to respond to them. This is one reason you need wise, godly, unbiased community who can walk with you and not take sides. The faithful spouse needs to really be in prayer and seek wise counsel about taking steps to protect themselves and their kids while continually praying for the Lord, for his guidance, his provision, and for a heart that continues to desire healing of the marriage. You want to know that you fought for your marriage and you didn't quit until or unless the Lord releases you. Her words were so good. I just could not have said it any better. If there's someone listening to this that is in a relationship where your spouse has been unfaithful, I want to tell you that I'm so sorry. God wants to heal what is broken, and he wants to show you that your identity and your confidence and your strength comes through him. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Hang in there, brother. Hang in there, sisters. I know that relationships can be so messy. Just know that the Father sees you. He loves you. He understands your situation. He's not going to leave you in the pit. He's going to pull you out of this. So keep going. Okay, sorry if that was long-winded. I just felt like we needed to address that. Um, So let's move on to the fourth C. This one is my favorite. I'm an extrovert and I love my small tribe of girls. So naturally, I love community. From the beginning of creation, God never intended for any of us to walk alone. We have to be willing to seek a supported group of like-minded Christians and get honest and real with one another. There is strength in numbers. Hebrews 10 says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful and let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. Man, is that not covid church right now. The struggle is real. We have been online for a long time. I know a lot of churches are opening up, but do not forsake assembling together because there is so much value in that. Scripture says there is value in coming together as believers worshiping and studying the word. I also love 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 through 22, because I think it's a beautiful picture of how we should love and invest into our community. Paul says, appreciate those who diligently labor among you. Because man, have I had so many mentors who have labored with me in times of doubt and insecurity and questions. Oh, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful to those mentors. So good. Paul also says, and that you esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Live in peace with one another. We urge you, brethren, admonish the unruly, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with everyone, see that no one repays another with evil for evil, but always seek after that which is good for one another and for all people. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophetic utterances, but examine everything carefully. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. God says community is good and do not quench the spirit, but hold fast even if it gets hard and messy. 
When iron sharpens iron, it never looks gentle or sounds pleasant at the time. Sparks can fly and start a fire, but as the pounding of the hammer strikes the sword, it becomes sharp and ready for battle. And I just love that picture. I will be back next week. I promise we're going to be talking about perseverance of faith. I hope you will join me. Thank you so much for listening. This awesome song is titled Meant to Be by Ark North featuring Christina Marina. Please know I am praying for you every week and I would so love it if you would pray for me as well because your prayers are powerful and effective. I would love to hear how this week's episode impacted you and I hope you'll join me next week. Until next time, let's go be doers of the alive and active Word of God.